Hello, Quantum fans. This is Kira, one of the writers and producers of Quantum. You may also recognize me as the voice of Luna, Vlad, Andy, or the Oracle, but if not, that's cool. That just means I'm a vocal chameleon, which will look great on my LinkedIn. First of all, we wanted to thank everyone who's listened to Quantum so far. A lot of time and heart went into making our story, and knowing that actual people are actually listening to it, ugh, golden. We're so, so happy that the Sonar Network gave our audio drama a home so that we could share it with all of you. So even though Becca says it at the end of every episode, allow me to reiterate, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now then, today we've got something a little different for you. If you're anything like me, you come to the end of a good fiction pod and think, ah, heck, now what am I going to listen to? Lucky for you, we've got a suggestion, and you don't even have to leave the Sonar Network to find it. Real Legitimate Anthology is a podcast presenting immersive serial audio dramas with a new adventure each season. Like Quantum, these are full cast stories with great performances and excellent sound design, and we have a human in common. Ian Geldart, who also did sound design and the voice of Jeeves for Quantum, is producer, sound editor, director, writer, and actor on Real Legitimate Anthology. You gotta love podcasting for those multi-hyphenates. RLA recently wrapped up its third season and story, Real Legitimate Apparitions. In this season, troubled ghost hunter Dylan McRae discovers his visions may actually be glimpses into his past and future. It's a gripping, mind-bending, time-warping mystery, and it's awesome. I like to listen to podcasts while I do chores, and more than once this season, I found myself paused mid-laundry, staring at the basement wall on tenterhooks for what would happen to Dylan next. We are very pleased to present episode one of Real Legitimate Apparitions in its entirety here in the Quantum Feed. As I mentioned before, the full season is now available, so you can head over to the RLA feed after this episode and binge the whole story at your leisure. We'll put a link to RLA's page and social media in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and showing original audio dramas some love. And now, here's episode one of Real Legitimate Apparitions. Real Legitimate Apparitions is told one episode after another, but exists all at once. Headphones recommended. A path is set for the pioneer. In the jaws of oblivion, this path takes him. On one hand, damnation, you fall to the floor, on one hand absolution like never before. There is only ever one future path of the pioneer, as in my life, all lives, only one. You must shed what you know of the world, and only then will you find the great secret truth you might see through a crack in your mind. Because you saw me in the lighthouse, like truth hidden in a lockbox, I will see you again, and we will be free. Hello, my name is Dylan McRae. The story you're about to hear was recorded from November 2015 to February 2020. I'd begun to record a podcast about a business I was starting, what I called a ghost-catching business. <laughs> looking back at myself during this time, it feels like I'm looking at a totally different person. This is a sad story, okay? A strange story. Not one you tell around a dinner table or a campfire. It's one you record while you're all alone, like I am right now. The following was recorded between November 7th and 13th, 2015. Hi. Hello. Welcome. My name is Dylan McRae. I'm 31 years old and I am a ghost hunter. I hunt ghosts. And I thought it would be a good idea to record what I do into this, like, journal. And then make it into a podcast so, you know, you could hear it. Also, I've been encouraged uh, to share my feelings and, and, and to talk to people about the inner workings of myself. That would be a lot easier if I were to have friends, per se. Or, you know, people that I could talk to about these inner things. But to be honest, I... I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that. Honesty. I may be a lot of things, but one thing I am not... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Uh, I may... Yeah, I may not be a lot of things, but one thing I am is honest. So, yeah, here we are. My podcast. Hey. Hey, 
I thought one of the first people I'd introduce you to should be the person who has encouraged me to do all this sharing. How you doing? My sister, Rachel. Pretty good. How's that podcast coming? She's younger than me. She's 25. And again, I'm 31. Fine. Good. You know, I've just been working on the beginning, so. Can I hear it? No. No, it's like, it's like still in the process of getting done, you know? Right. You said that a lot. I've been trying to get this podcast thing going for a while now. You know, trying to get all my thoughts in order. Yeah, well, it's true. Did you want to record that intro interview? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a spare minute, so I thought we could bang it out now. Rachel's the one who had the idea that I could record my thoughts. And I figured it would be, you know, more exciting or, or interesting if I actually did something with the recordings. Right, uh, yeah. Can we do this tomorrow? Why? I'm busy. I can't tomorrow. Tomorrow I have class. Oh. We're studying a case involving all these firearms. Rachel lives in Montreal, where she's going to McGill University. She's doing a degree in criminal law. And I have a group project trying to prove who in the case had experience with a gun and who didn't, because the defense claims they all had no experience with firearms, but we know that some of them did uh, because of the gun safety like, that they used during the yeah. crime. So part yeah. of our reading okay, is sure. all about gun safety. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like yuck, but okay. kind of cool. Let's just do this now then. Okay. I haven't prepared any answers, uh, though. That's okay. Probably even better. They'll be off the cuff. Okay. Yeah, sure. So what questions do you have? Are you ready? No. I, no, just let me let me, let me me know what they are so I can, like, figure out the answers before. Honestly, Dylan, I think it'll be better if we just, like, flow it out. Yeah, but I want this to be good. So, like, because if we flow it out... It'll be fine. They're mostly about you and your paranormal stuff. About me? Yeah, about how you got into the ghost stuff and about ghosts. All right, but if I don't want to answer a question, I'm just going to say something like skip. Yeah, but I think if you answer... Nah, then... say pass or pass. Yeah, I'll say pass. If you just answer them all, then... No, can... this is my thing. And if I want to skip, I'll say pass. Okay. Question one. Describe your life one year ago. Pass. No, come on. Skip. Dylan, I'm trying to help you, okay? I'm super busy right now, and you said you need my help, and I want to help you, okay? I have you on one side and mom on another who keeps asking about you and telling me to check if you're taking your pills and how you're doing. And I don't want to just talk to you about fits and depression. So let me help you with this. Fine. Where were you a year ago? What do you want me to say? Just tell me for your podcast. I, I lived in Toronto with my girlfriend, partner, whatever. Fiance. And I worked at a tech shop. The source? Don't say the source. Copyright. This will eventually be in the podcast. Or some of it will. And then something happened about a year ago? Yeah. Okay. I got an inheritance. Uh, my dad, who... I mean, our dad, who I didn't really know, I guess. He's been dead for ages. Died when I was 14. And one year ago, his inheritance was released. And I got some money. You did too. Rachel and I got some money. Some money? Yeah, a lot. A lot of money. Yeah, yes, that was rich. And uh, not much else. Nope. A will with some poems and money. Stupid poems. I feel like I should uh, give you a little context here. My, my dad, Nathan, left when I was six, right after Rachel was born. And uh, then when I was a teenager, he died. No one was that torn up about it. My mom was given his old house somewhere in Ontario that she sold right away. And then about a year ago, Rachel and I got a call from a bank and they gave us each a ton of money. Apparently he'd been investing in the, uh, the, the stock market. And then what happened? Then my partner left me. Then after that, my ex-partner, fiance, girlfriend person and I, we broke up. That was 10 months ago. I guess I should tell you her, I mean, it really doesn't matter, but her name was, is, it's Madison. We'd been together for a really long time, like really long. We were dating in high school and I'm, now I'm 31. I don't know if I told you already, but I'll tell you again, I'm 31. Okay, you're doing great. Now I wanna ask you about the ghosts. Great. What is a ghost? Okay, a uh, ghost is the 
energy force of a person that is left on the planet after they die. What's an energy force? It's a force of energy. What's a force of energy? Is what happens when energy has a force. So is it energy or is it a force? It's a force of energy. So it's a force. Yeah, but I feel like you're going in the Star Wars direction or something. No, no, I'm just trying to nail this down. <sighs> is it alive? Not in the way you think it's alive. But it's not dead. No. It's what happens when life is over, finished, and, and there's an energy left. Like, okay, the universe is made up of particles, okay? Billions and trillions of elementary particles on the quantum level. Electrons, bosons, photons, gluons, whatever. And they're not really like particles. They're actually like these fields, okay, which vibrate or, or ripple. And each ripple is what we call a particle. And these particles sometimes interact with each other and bounce off of each other or absorb each other. And that is what energy is. Those particles interacting. So if you take a person, a human, they're full of these particles. They're like a knot of these particles. And every thought we have is actually an interaction, an energy. And, and I think, and a lot of other people do too, that we, you and I, and people, what we really are, apart from all the mass that makes up our bodies, is energy. And if I had my equipment, like my EMF, my ATM, my darts, and I tune them perfectly, I might be able to see evidence of energy that is reverberating in space. Nice. Okay. Next question. Question four or whatever. What are you going to record for your podcast? What will the people hear? That's not the right question. It's my question. Let me answer that question for you now. What can you expect to hear? Well, I'm going to take you on an auditory adventure into the depths of ghost catching. Yeah, but first you should ask something like, um, what's the business you've been building? You will hear raw, never-before-heard footage of actual real-life ghosts. Or not live, dead. Dead ghosts. Who's conducting this interview? Apparently I have to. I'll be bringing my equipment on location to some of the most haunted houses across Toronto. Okay, fine. Tell me about your... Is that what you're really calling it? A, a ghost catching business? Yeah. I'm in the ghost catching business. Yes. And introducing you to the haunted live souls, living people who have to live with these ghosts. Okay, talk about your business. So, I'm pleased to announce I have opened my business to the public. It's called Haunt Force. Haunt Force. What we, or I, or Haunt Force does is we get a call, a call from anyone, me, you, people, and we go into your house and we set up our EMFs and ATMs and darts and EVPs and my compass and attempt to reach out and contact your ghost or spirit or energy force, hence haunt force. You get it? I get it. And convey to you, the customer, what your energy force is attempting to say to you. Also, I'm looking for an employee an employee. Yeah, this is a lot of work, and I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it all on my own. I'm also going to be getting, like, call after call, and I'm going to have to, like, network and organize and schedule. Yeah, and, you, you know, can't gonna, do any of that. Yeah, I'm going to need someone to take care of the little stuff, you know? So you think someone, somebody out there in the real world is going to want to work for Haunt Force? Yeah, I got money. Right. And I'm willing to pay, like, a professional rate. Right. I have one more question. Sure. What made you interested in ghosts? What? Why are you interested in ghosts? They're cool? No, I mean, what happened when you were a kid to make you interested in ghosts? Why would that be important for the podcast? People want to know. Skip. Pass. Pass. I'm not a scientist or a philosopher, but I have had experiences which I've spent the better part of my life attempting to understand. The research and experimentations I've conducted have led me to certain conclusions and opened the door to a variety of possibilities. The following lessons are an attempt to describe these conclusions and possibilities in hopes that you might understand our experiences and the reality in which we live. 
which is going to be a challenge. My fundamental goal with these lessons is to convey to you what is most important for you to know moving forward. <laughs> so, here we go. Part one, lifelines and space-time. Okay. Hi. Test. Test. Me, me, me. Test, yeah. Hi, hi, hello, hello. This is Dylan. I am recording to you from my apartment in my living room. I thought it would be a cool idea for you, my podcast listeners, to hear a field test. A field test is when you actually run a test, like run the machines, run the equipment out in the field, or a house, or an apartment. An apartment like this, mine, where I am right now. I'm just going to be setting this up as I speak to you today. Now. I know there are no ghosts in my apartment, okay? I've never seen or sensed any presence uh, or attempt of communication from the beyond. But I thought uh, this would be a good idea to show you what I do by conducting a demonstration in a uh, controlled environment. Okay, so. Okay, here, here they are, um, my EMFs. An EMF is an electromagnetic field detector. I'm going to put three of these detectors around the room. So, around us in, in the world are many uh, fields, right? <laughs> and one of those fields is the electromagnetic field. And objects, things with mass, uh, bend this field. And the biggest object that affects this field is, you guessed it, the Earth. Uh, but other objects can as well, including ghosts and magnets. Okay. Next is sound. Uh, I have a bunch of sound recorders, uh, which you, as audio listeners, might be interested in. They're called DARDS. D-A-A-R-D. DARDS. Digital and Analog Audio Recording Devices. I'll put four of them around the room, and I'm talking into one right now. To you. <laughs> it's important to record both digital and analog as ghosts affect each differently. You know what I mean? And sometimes they only affect one of them. So, yeah. Um. Ow! Fuck! Ow! Oh, my toe! This place is a shitty mess! Fuck! Now I'm gonna have to edit this. Where's my ATM? Where the actual fuck is my ATM? Oh, it's got little legs and it just walks out the front door! This is an ATM, or an ambient temperature measurement device. It actively measures the dynamics of spatial temperatures of a room and notifies us of a sudden drop or sudden rise in temperature. And we'll also graph out where it is in the room. They're small, so I can fit one on the frame of this star chart hanging on my wall. My mom got it for me years ago. <laughs> Just like that. Okay, good. Uh, maybe one on the counter over here. Yeah. That's good. And that's all set up and turned on. Okay. I'm going to begin by turning off the lights. I'm realizing that's probably a lot more dramatic in person. You know, when you can see it. But it's like, it's a big change. The only light coming from the uh, into the room is on the edges of my curtains. You know, and they're thick, so there's not much light. But there's some. That's not bad. Okay. So I'm going to stand beside my coffee table in the middle of the room and begin this... Uh, field test. Now, I've done a lot of research over the past few years into ghost catching. I've been to a couple conventions, watched videos, and it kind of amalgamated the shit I like from it all and made it into, you know, what I'm about to do. Got my own style. Alright? So it starts like this. With this necromancy uh, Latin thing, you know. It's supposed to trigger these guys into communication. I've translated it, but it sounds kind of stupid in English and much better in Latin. <laughs> so that's what I do. Okay. Okay, I close my eyes and uh, here we go. I have epilepsy. It started when I was in my late teens, like it does for a lot of people. My mom and sister freaked out 
when I had my first seizure. And I get it. It must be intense to watch. I know it's intense to go through. Rachel mentioned earlier the pills, which I've taken for the last 10 years. They block seizures. It's almost like being on a constant, mild sedative. Side effects include uh, depression in adults, reduced attention, and a decrease in thinking speed, brain fog. If you keep your brain in low gear, you lower the risk of an overload. Uh, doesn't always work. I've spent the last decade feeling out the border between taking as few as I can and still avoiding one, a seizure, you know, yeah. Three months ago, I took my last pill. There's still a bottle on my bedside table. Every morning I wake up and I see it and I ask myself, do I want to risk a seizure and have a vibrant, alive, full day today or not? It's been working. My mind is getting sharper by the day. I can feel a seizure coming on. Uh, my heart starts to race. I smell metal, like, like iron. I told my mom once that I smell blood before my seizures, and she didn't like that, so now I say metal. And then I feel really warm, like inside me is a furnace. And then I always get really confused, as if I don't know where I am. I always think, why do I smell blood and feel so warm? The doctor said, learn the warning signs, but when one of your warning signs is total confusion, it doesn't really help. And then I look down at myself, and it's as if my hands and legs are really far away from me, as if I'm looking through a magnifying glass backwards. And by then, it's too late. Everything goes black, and I fall down. Hello, my name is Dylan McRae. I am peaceful, open-minded, and open-hearted. I come to you with curiosity. I call on you to communicate. <sighs> Cerberus, curator of Silenti, Sinophasmatis Veneer Contramihi. It took us a while the doctors, my mom and I, to uh, figure out what triggers my seizures. Phasmatis, radix quad, causa of vita, commodo adeo, suffragium, mihi in mus nicotinum. In most cases, it starts when the brain is under a lot of stress. Gratius ago vos cerberus. Firing on all cylinders. Protabelli silentio et transio. Which means it can also. Gratius. Ago vos phasmatis. Be triggered by fear. <sighs> Pro yunctio mihi in mus nisus. <gasps> but this time it was different. I've never had a seizure like this before. Uh, I smelled metal. I went hot. But when I finally opened my eyes, it wasn't as if I was looking through a backwards magnifying glass. Everything looked kind of fuzzy and kind of pulsing, sliding in and out of focus. And I heard something faintly, as if from far away, a song, the song. I watched my dimly lit hands wave in front of my face, as if they were moving of their own accord. Then I felt my legs begin to walk across my living room. My hand raised itself to the wall to touch the light switch. My hand turned on the lights. My head turned towards my white living room wall. The star chart was gone, or half gone. And I saw words that hadn't been there before. Great big letters were drawn on my wall from floor to ceiling in splattered red paint. The letters spelt the words, Dylan, 
find Spencer. I couldn't scream. My body wouldn't let me. I looked down at my hands. They were covered in red paint. And then the fuzzy pulsing stopped. And the music stopped. And I finally collapsed to the floor. Hi, can I speak to Dylan McRae? Who is this? Hi, uh, my name is Thomas Bracknell. Thomas Bracknell? Yes. That's your name? I'm calling about the position you posted for your ghost-catching business. Oh, yeah. And I have several questions I'd like to ask before applying. Later that day, I got a call asking about the job I had posted online. Okay. So, sorry, do you, do you want to apply? Perhaps, depending on the answers you provide to my questions. Honestly, after Rachel had said that thing like, Do you really think someone in the real world would want to work for Hot Farts? I wasn't sure anyone was going to submit. Oh, okay. But apparently they did. Frankly, I'd like to confirm the veracity of your business. Okay, right. Well, we're very uh, real. What is the name of the position? The name? What would my title be? What? What is the name of the position you're looking to fill? Well, that's not important. But there must be one. Is it co-owner, field manager? I, I don't know. On-site operations supervisor? What? Any of those? No, who cares what the name is? Well, you don't know the name of the position you're trying to fill? It doesn't matter. Position doesn't matter? No! Well, then, what are we doing here? What? There's no reason for me to apply to a position that doesn't matter. The truth was, to make Haunt Force into what I wanted it to be, I needed help. Okay. Okay. He seemed smart? Yes. I guess we could uh, come up with like a, a, a name for the job title. He seemed passionate. Okay, great. And what might that name be? About the name of his role. Uh. What's the name of your role? My role? Yes. Are you the manager, owner, chief executive officer? Your boss? Boss? Leader. Uh, that's not really... <laughs> leader, yeah. Yeah, leader. Okay. Chief leader. Head leader. What about executive field and operations manager? For me? No, for me. My title. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot. That sounds like you'd be doing a lot more work than you'll actually be doing. And what exactly would I be doing? You'll be uh, carrying things, setting things up, uh, catching ghosts. Carrying? Yeah, no. No, no, no. You know, like, carrying the mission. I don't follow. Yeah. No, you you will be managing fields and operations, exactly like you said. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, that, that makes perfect sense. So what's your uh, experience in the field? Of, of ghosts? Of ghosts, yeah. Uh, ghosts. Well, I, I do believe in ghosts. I do. I, I've seen them often. I mean, just the other day, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I, I believe in them. Great. So, so like, what did you see the other day? Uh, it was, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was going for a walk. Yeah? Yeah, at night. Night, yeah. And there it was. What did it look like? It was white, and it had a flowing cloth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then what? Then it did what all ghosts do. What's that? Disappeared. Oh, did it speak or, or send a message somehow? No, no, no. It just swept its way down the street and away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're uh, elusive. Lesson one: How we intuitively imagine time. One word that comes up when people begin to talk about time is the idea of things unfolding, which, if you think about it, doesn't make that much sense. What was folded in the first place? What's the difference between that thing, whatever it is, being folded or unfolded? When we use words like unfolding, we don't really know what we mean literally. These phrases are just placeholders for the sense we have. So I think he'll do okay. Uh, I know for sure he does not believe in ghosts, though. But to be honest, he won't really be doing much. You know, just answering the phones, networking communicating, carrying my bags for me. Maybe I'll want a coffee when I'm on location and I'll just go, Hey, Tom, coffee me, triple, triple, and get it hot! <laughs> nah, or something like that. I don't know, I haven't planned it out yet. 
though. I, I wanted to also... Oh, damn, sorry, one second. My phone's ringing. Hello? 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 Can I speak with Dylan, please? Sorry? Can I speak with Dylan McRae? Oh, hi. Yes, sorry. Huh. Hi, uh, yeah, this is Dylan. This is Dylan. My name is Mrs. Marnie Truco. I, I was told to contact you. You were told? Yes. By who? You have a kind of ability to speak with spirits. Yes? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're calling Haunt Force. Uh, Sorry? Haunt Force, yeah. The, Haunt Force is the name of the, the business I run. Well, I don't know about that. It's for ghosts, a ghost-catching business. I'm looking for Dylan McRae. Yes, this is Dylan McRae. Dylan, I am a spiritual person. Okay. I believe there is a beyond. Yeah. I believe in the afterlife. And I believe that sometimes the afterlife can intersect with our current lives. Right. You have an ability, Dylan, that has been brought to my attention. By who? I'd like you to come to my place of residence and conduct a seance. Great. Uh, the Haunt Force team is, is happy to take on your case. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your ghost. Oh, it's not my ghost. Oh, no? I'm still alive. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> the ghost in your house. Spencer is dead. My husband. He recently passed on. And I'd like to book an appointment for you to come to my house and contact his lost soul. So I know, if you've been following the story, what you're thinking. I know what I was thinking. I was pretty freaked. I was pressing the phone so hard into my head with my sweaty fingers, I thought it would snap. His name is Spencer? Yes. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. Is that going to be a problem? No. How did you hear about me? Can you come tomorrow at 11 p.m.? 11 p.m.? Yeah, where do you live? Another word that comes up a lot is flowing, as if time flows like a river. In the metaphor of the river of time, we are on a raft as we are transported forwards by the water. The river of time twists and turns, revealing new surroundings that are just around the corner and hiding away what you have already passed. There are fundamental issues with this metaphor. Does the water flowing in the river represent time, or is it the gravity which is pulling the water downwards? Can the river ever change? Could you ever affect the river, or those things in it or around it, or are you merely an observer? This analogy or metaphor or whatever you want to call it is just another placeholder for what we mean when we talk about time. I called up Thomas and told him that we had our first case. The next evening, I picked him up and we drove to the address that Mrs. Marnie Truco had given me. It was in the Christie Pitts area of Toronto. Hello, Dylan. Thomas! Come on in. You're Dylan McRae with Haunt Force, yes? That's the one. Tom was a smaller guy. Looked like he could have been a short 18-year-old. But I could tell by the lines starting to form at the corner of his eyes and the silver hairs starting to grow in his light brown hair that he was older than 30. He had nervous eyes and obviously overthought everything he did. At the intersection of St. Raymond and Pendrith, we parked and lifted our big equipment bags out of the trunk. It was a chilly, overcast November day. Millions of red, yellow, and brown leaves coated the ground as we walked south. We came across the house. It was three stories tall, with early 20th century architecture and a red-painted door with a heavy brass knocker that opened onto a porch. It was the largest house on the block. Then my eyes locked on a large window on the third floor. A small white face was staring down at us beside a drawn curtain. I looked to Tom, who had already begun down the stone walkway towards the steps up to the front porch. I followed him. As the door opened, I noticed three home security stickers above the handle. Hi. My name is Thomas Bracknell. I'm executive field and operations manager of Haunt Force. Oh. The little elderly lady wore a few dozen loose metal bracelets on each hand. She had long gray hair 
in a ponytail. She wore clumsily applied baby blue eyeshadow. Hi, Mrs. Truco. My name's Dylan McRae. We spoke on the phone. Dylan, you brought company. She looked at Thomas doubtfully. Oh, yeah. This is my assistant. Executive field and operations manager. Executive field and operations manager. I thought you'd be alone. Oh, no. Thomas is an important piece of our operation. I am. And I'm here to help. Well, if you're sure, come in. Mrs. Marnie Truco disappeared behind the door and Thomas pushed it open after her. Great beams of mahogany held up an elaborate ceiling of woven wood and plaster. The floor beams were dark and polished. It was like entering a dark palace carved into a hollow tree. Mrs. Truco closed the door behind us and locked three large deadbolts. We can't be too careful. There are thieves in this neighborhood. She turned and puttered her way down the hallway towards a large room with a high ceiling and dark polished wood paneled walls. As we followed, she came to a great wooden table with tall candles she had already prepared fluttering with fire. She gently sat at the head of the table and gestured towards us to take our seats beside her. Okay, so we're just gonna need to set up our equipment before we begin. Do you really think that's necessary? It is to record and verify any kind of disturbance we experience. I felt overwhelmed. First, this was Thomas's first ghost catching mission, and I would have to show him the ropes. Secondly, this lady seemed to be running the show, questioning Thomas, questioning setting up the equipment. <laughs> Third, her dead husband's name was banging around in my head. Okay, Tom, here are the darts. I'm just gonna turn them on. Check, 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 check. Okay, take these and put them around the room pointing at the table. Make sure the light stays on. Sure. I took out the EMFs and I placed one on the center of the table and three around the room as well. Okay, next, uh, this is an ATM for temperature. Uh, put one on that shelf over there and I'll put one over here. Yep. I finished the setup by putting one digital and one analog compass at the table. And then I took a seat on Mrs. Truco's left and Thomas sat on her right. The candles flickered brightly. The old woman lay her hand on the table with an open palm, inviting me to hold it. I reached out and clasped it. She looked deep into my eyes, and I saw pale stigmatisms behind her pupils. I'm ready. Okay. Thank you for having us here. Myself and Thomas, she continued to stare at me expectantly as if I were her savior. We are going to try and contact your husband. Spencer. Spencer. Thomas was looking at me also. He seemed confused. He had no idea what I was about to do. Neither did I. You know when you rehearse something alone in your bedroom about a hundred times and then announce to people that you'd like to demonstrate what you've been practicing and it all falls apart? Yeah. I want to interrupt here to say something. Epilepsy affects everything in your life. It's like having nosebleeds. Well, it's not like nosebleeds, but I used to have nosebleeds. Every time something would come close to my face, I'd get nervous and I'd cover my nose and check for blood. With epilepsy, the worst part is that every time I feel a rush of adrenaline or I get really excited or I, I feel really alive, I also feel dread. Whatever I do, there's always going to be a chance it could happen. I just didn't think it would have been such a problem. I'm going to speak the words. I didn't think I'd be so afraid. Okay. Please. And the only reason I was so afraid was because of the last time. Hello. My name is Dylan McRae. I am peaceful open-minded, and open-hearted. Which didn't need to have anything to do with this time. I come to you with curiosity. I call on you to communicate. I tried to focus on something happy, relaxing. Cerberus, curator of Silenti, Sinophasmatis Vineer Contramihi. Rachel, I focused on my sister, Rachel. Asmatis, 
Radix quad causa vita. Commodo adeo suffragium mihi in mios nicotia. But then I looked back at the ancient woman. Gratius ago vos Cerberus. She was staring at me. Pro tabelli salintio et transio. As if she knew something was about to happen. Gratius ago phasmatis. And I thought of the name. Pro yuncio mihi. Spencer. In mios. Nisus. <gasps> the old lady faded. As if she was only half there. You know when you like hold one hand in front of your face and look past it and one eye can see what's behind the hand and one can just see the hand and it's as if you could see like both things at the same time? It kind of looked like that. The air got colder. A breeze filled the room. My legs straightened and I stood up. The song filled my mind. My head turned looked at Thomas. I could both see him and not see him. In fact, I could see the wall behind him, which was different. The wood paneling had been removed and I could see the insulation and brick behind it. The table and chairs seemed to fade as well. And uh, then I heard a voice say, hello. I looked up towards the door. The voice continued. I saw you come in here, my mouth said. Hello? I'm in here. I wanted to look back at Tom and the woman, but I had no control over my body. Come on. I heard footsteps come down the hall, and an old man walked into the room. He was bald with a thick gray mustache, and he looked confused and angry. He was also both there and not there. It's you that's been stealing our stuff? He asked. And I responded. We just need to be here for a sec. But I didn't know why. Is that Spencer? Can you see him? Mrs. Truco sounded far off in the distance, and I couldn't respond to her. I couldn't look around at her. What did you take? Asked the man. Do you see him? He has a long gray beard and hair. But this man didn't have hair or a beard. Just a moment, then I'll leave. Spencer? Are you there? Spencer? I said out loud to the man. Any patience he had was about to run out. I'm not Spencer, he said. Get out of here or I'll call the cops. My head turned back in the direction of Thomas and Mrs. Truco. It swayed from left to right and my eyes darted around as if I didn't know where exactly they were. Is that enough? I can't stay longer. My body said, and this time I could understand why. Not only did this mustached man, who was obviously not Spencer, want me to get out of his house, I was also starting to feel really weak. Everything was getting darker and the pulsing was getting stronger. Tell him the kids love him and miss him. I looked back at the man in the doorway. He had taken out his cell phone and held it in his hand, threatening to call the cops. This is breaking and entering, he said. My right hand clenched itself into a fist raised itself and wrapped its knuckles on my forehead. Oh, uh, what was it? I said. The man had started to dial. The pulsing was getting stronger. Wait, wait, okay. And more painful. Arnie wants me to tell you. The kids miss you and they wish they could say hi to you. And they love you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Said the man with the phone to his ear now. Okay. I think that's it. I'm out of here. And I started to run towards the door to leave, but then I ran into a chair that both was and wasn't there. And I both fell and didn't fall, and the pulse was pounding so that everything I could see was pounding in and out of focus. And the pain got worse. I closed my eyes, and I passed out. Henry Bergson came up with the concept of élan vital, or a vital force, a force of the universe. Everything in the universe is made up of this energy which is exploding outwards. The past ignites the future, moment by moment. In this image, everything that has come before transitions into the future. The moment of this transition, we call the present. This present is all that really exists and is infinitesimally small. The future and past are only concepts in our minds. This feels kind of like the river analogy. There is a force or energy pushing us forward. The key difference in Bergson's concept is that the past doesn't exist anywhere but in our memory. 
and the future doesn't exist until it is created by the present and then immediately disappears, like a line of fire burning through space. That's what life feels like, a brightly burning present, a future that doesn't exist yet, and a past which only exists in our memory. When I came to, I was lying on my back on the floor of Mrs. Truco's living room. Thomas stood over me, looking down with a really serious look on his face. I moved my hands and then turned my head slightly back and forth. I could move. Thomas noticed me stirring and his face changed from a serious glare to a kind of smile. Dylan? Yeah. Yeah. He's waking up? I think so. Yeah. I tried to sit up. And Tom knelt down beside me. Whoa, 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 here. He gave me a hand up and then led me to a chair. Thank you for doing that, Dylan. It means a lot. I collapsed into the chair and looked to the old woman who was still sitting across from me. I hadn't seen her husband. That wasn't Spencer. That was just some force who apparently lived here with her. But I couldn't tell her that. But then who was that man? Why was he in her house? He heard what you said? Yeah, he did. He says he uh, misses you too. And the kids. She smiled. This touched her. This was what she had been looking for. Thank you. Thank you. I looked to Thomas. He was smiling, but his eyes told a different story. He looked confused. Serious. Nervous. Would he want to continue with Hot Force? I asked myself. I didn't want to get up. My body wanted to melt into this wooden chair for hours, recovering. But I said... We should get going. Yes. Tom, gather up the equipment. Yeah. Let me know what things you find with all this... stuff. Of course. As we packed up, I saw that Thomas kept looking at me as if he wanted to talk to me privately about what had just happened. But Mrs. Truco was still sitting in her chair at the head of the table. We packed up the car and said goodbye to Mrs. Truco. Thank you for having us. I'll be in contact with you about what our equipment finds. Bye. Wow. I gotta say, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Like, you are an incredible performer. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think. Was I going crazy? Was I seeing things? Did I have wild hallucinations now on top of epilepsy and a history with nosebleeds? Honestly, I almost believed you. You just stood up. You looked so scared. And then you started talking and it was so convincing that something was there. You changed that woman's life forever. We should film it. We can make this into some kind of web series. I know a few people who work on movie sets. Maybe I could ask them about putting something together. I wanted him out of the car. I was glad he wasn't freaked out, but this was almost worse. I imagine it's better for you to pretend that that was all real. Even to me. But I'd love to know what kind of preparation you do. Or maybe if there's anything I could do to enhance the experience. Maybe I could also get up and say, I see it! I see it! Maybe. I told Thomas that I wasn't going in the direction of his home which I was. I told him I would drop him at a subway and go on my way to wherever it was that I needed to go. Call me for the next one. And if you want to rehearse or if you think of a routine I can do, let me know. We can meet up and practice. Okay, sure, yeah, bye. Bye. Before we end this episode, I want to talk to you about something. There's, there's something I've been leaving out, and I, I want to catch you up. Both times you heard me see things, there was kind of, um, there was a song, like a jingle thing in my head, or around me, I don't know. And for me, that was the strangest part of it all. I know, like, it's all pretty strange, but that part, that aspect really, um, threw me for a loop. I called back Rachel the day after the Truco event to talk things over. Hello? Hey, Rachel, it's Dylan. Oh, hey. Hi. I'm just in the middle of something, but I can talk for a little bit. What's up? Okay, yeah, cool. 
Um, you remember when we had that conversation a few days ago where you were interviewing me for the podcast? Yeah. And you were asking me questions? Yeah. Yeah. And you remember how I, I, I kind of stopped answering? Mm, yeah. And there was one question, actually, that I, I, I think I want to answer now. Okay. The one about how all the ghost stuff started for me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So? So if you ask, I'll answer it. Why do you need me to ask it? Because I'd like you to ask me for the podcast. Why don't you just ask it yourself? Rachel, I'm just looking for you to ask me the question. Fine. What's the question? What happened a long time ago to make you interested in ghosts? Oh, right. The song thing. <sighs> right. What happened a long time ago to make you interested in ghosts? When I was growing up in the house we grew up in. I'm going to have to go soon. I, I always kind of heard a song, but only in that house. And it wasn't like it was stuck in my head. It was as if I could really hear it. Yeah, it was fucked. And I always asked people if they could hear it, but they couldn't. Sometimes it would get so loud that I couldn't hear the TV or mom or you. Yeah, I remember it was really distracting for you. Yeah, and it took me a while as a kid to find a word that actually described what it was like or what it felt like to have this song playing in my home. It'll be on debit. And when I found it, I knew. Thanks, no bag. I was being haunted. And now with all this shit going on, it comes back, even though I'm not in that house. And that's the weirdest part of all. Hello? What's happening? Thanks, Rachel. Oh, okay, sure. Love you. Love you too, broski. Bye. Bye. I wish that you could answer me on the other side of this microphone. Like, it sucks that right now I'm talking into this mic and sometime in the future someone might listen to this podcast and that person, you, aren't here now to talk this over with me. Because right now you're the only one that understands that I'm being honest with. You know, that that's probably not great, but hey, at least I have you listening. Hopefully. I just wish I could know what you're thinking. I'm going to keep making this thing for you and for me. I'll keep recording and see where all this goes. I don't know, though. I, I, I could go on and on forever right now. But, but I'll stop here. I'll, I'll record something next time I get a call or the next time something happens. Okay. Bye. You can follow this story on Instagram and Twitter with at RLA series please consider visiting patreon.com slash RLA series to support the show and reviewing it on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.